Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is this is not an episode. This well, this is not a normal episode episode that we would number. This is our sixth podcast anniversary. This is our podcast anniversary times six it's six been years. Six years of this, and it's amazing. Like I was looking at my old memories, and the fifth one was about as he released this week last year. So we've been pretty consistent with recording and then releasing them like it's usually within a week or two off yeah yeah I, I try to do it i try to do it around this time um usually like like the last the end of november beginning of december is when we try to do it um and like every year we do this as a free live stream on our twitch channel which normally just plays our our video game music uh, radio station which is twitch.tv slash rhythm and pixels that's easy to remember <laughs> But we have a lot of friends, we have a lot of listeners in our chat room, we have a lot of other podcasters in the chat room, which is really exciting to see. Good to see um, Alex the Messenger, Messenger hanging out with us. Thank you very much. Electric Boogaloo, and just to name a few, is, is um, who else is in here? We got one, one, one more. Ulf Person, amazing people. Curly Kevin, all these wonderful people hanging out with us in the chat. But today, and Marty we're not here to talk about them, we're talk, here to talk about us and celebrate us. Or no, it's all of us. No, us. <laughs> all of us. A show works because well, the show has to be fun, which is why you continue to do it. But it also works sure. because people listen to yeah, it yeah. and engage with it. Like a show that doesn't. I mean, I stand by this statement. Like, if no one listens to the show, I'd still be interested in recording it just because it's fun to record and hang out. But it makes it so much better when people actually listen to the show and engage with it. Like. As you can probably establish, like I like to talk about what games am I playing? What games are you playing? Let's talk about the music and the games we're playing. What did you eat for breakfast today? Like these are engagements that you couldn't really have if no one participated in the show. So to me, it's a big, it's everything. It creates a social community, yeah. and I love that about doing this show. It is a large part of why it's fun to keep going. Like again, six years. You got to come up with topics for six years. It was almost um, unexpected the amount of like community that we kind of put together um, um, doing this show. But, I mean, it makes sense because I feel, I feel like we really not just networked, but made friends with other podcasters and other enthusiasts. Oh yeah. But uh, the listeners and um, the people writing into us, everything has really kind of driven us forward to, to do more, to make, to make more stuff. I will say I did not come up with any interesting facts or quizzes for today's show. Well, I understand. It's been a little busy. It's been a holiday, you know, manic holiday yeah. weekend. I will say, um, if we look back um, into the years, our our since our last podcast anniversary, we ended with um, podcast twenty five dash eight, which we did a Patreon podcast anniversary. So we we did we did two po- anniversary episodes uh, last year. Um, and then we went right into a guest with um, Mikkel from Zelda and Chill. We did um, Chris Taylor from the Obscure VGM Facebook group. Um, we had uh, Chell Wong on the show. Twice, actually, I think. I think twice, show. yeah, doing mini games, And I forget what the other one, uh, Pilots. We had Hammock on the show. Doing Buddy Cops. We're doing another one of those, too. Oh, I cannot wait. We had uh, Mataya Malatinistic. Yeah, that's how you saw it. <laughs> Mattia Malatinistic, the composer for the game Speed Limit. We had Nick Marianelli doing um, deep cuts. I know we had Chris Baines on here at some point. 
Chris Baines did the Big Fat Quiz Show. Yeah, Big Fat Quiz. That was really cool. Yes, it was. And it, it was funny going through the old list of stuff. It was like, it, the, the track list was, it's a secret. Oh, and then we had composer Tom Salta. That was a big one. Yes. Was I almost a- picked Scuzz Missile for this episode as Ooh, one of my picks. That was really good. I there were some Scuzz really Missile. good songs. If you haven't listened to the Tom Salta episode, that's probably one of my favorite um, interview style episodes that we've done. And then we have the summer of 16 bit, which kicked off like it was know, six the summer or, of 16 bit, six or seven episodes of just 16 bit tracks, um, which was a whole lot of fun. It was challenging as all get out. <laughs> we even did uh, a few um, composer focuses. We did the, the music of Koichi Sugiyama. We did Yasunori Mitsuda. Um, we, did, we had a lot of fun this year. And honestly, I look forward to having year. even more fun because, again, this is the sort of thing where, like, as long as one of us doesn't just wake up one day, you know, I'm tired. Done. <laughs> like, I see no reason not to do it because, like, it's just fun to do. And it's, it's talking about something we already like. Yeah, like, exactly. That's the big yeah. thing. It's like, it's, a, it's one thing. It's like, okay, for each episode, we need to do research <laughs> on some form of ancient Babylonian civilization. I ain't got time for that. Because we're done. Because we're done with the pixels in Babylonian lore. And then we did do uh, three bonus beats episodes this year. And I actually did my first one. That's right. Which was... The, it was the sound alikes. Yeah, we did the sound alikes episode. We did the history of Gradius. We did the Mahjong games. Was Kung Fu Carly... He was a guest. Yeah, he was on this year he for did, something. He did La Mulana. But I think that was one that was last year. But I feel like he may have done one this year. But out. the La Mulana one for sure was one that he was on, and I loved it. Yes, we did martial arts with Carlos. Yes. Now, so I'm trying to remember all the pictures that I made for the show. So every episode that we release, um, we I do little pictures of, of our faces and our bodies kind of crammed into um, video games. And that one was Track and Field 2, where the guy's playing Taekwondo, and we're calling the match. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to do more games like... I talk talking about the pictures. I was thinking about the, the freaking versus stuff. Oh, just playing the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. for the record, and I forgot to mention this anywhere else. I may type it up somewhere, but for you guys listening, I just assuming that Rob ends up wanting to do it. I thought it'd be fun to actually do a thing where we just like did another like video game challenge. But the idea would be that we would take game suggestions. They would have to be 8 and 16 big games, mind you. But game suggestions from listeners... For like games that we would do verses in. And to sweeten the pot, you could place your bet on who you think would win in the game you suggest. Right, then we need to have like an overall point system between you and I with like a with a reward and a punishment. That's fine with me, but it's all gonna be spicy gum. That sounds awful. <laughs> That's, <laughs> hey, hey, it works. The ghost pepper gum was a winner when I won at Bomberman, <laughs> and that was because I didn't have to eat the gum. So <laughs> I don't know what happened to the other person. So another thing we do every year on our anniversary episodes is that we count down our top tracks of the year. Top tracks that we've played on our show. Either I played, either Pranel played, either a guest played or on our show. Suggestion. Yeah, or even a Patreon suggestion on our show from the past year. We usually do our top five tracks apiece. This year we are going all out. All the way! Ten tracks. Top ten. Okay, now Numbered all the way, them down. some of it. One, two, three, four, five. No, six. no, we're yeah. not. You got to name them. I can't. I can't. I have a list of tracks I like. I can't. I can't name my babies like that. <laughs> I just have tracks I like, and it was hard enough getting it down to ten, which I didn't. <laughs> so someone's missing the cut. I'm choosing on feel. Oh man! All right. So I think we should probably. 
Okay, maybe the, should we because this is an even numbered anniversary. Should I go first, or do you want to rock paper scissors for it? You know what? You you can do it. I would win the rock paper scissors. Oh, oh, he would just win, wouldn't he? I would. (laughs) I would. So it's only fair. It's only fair (laughs) that you should go first. You do all that editing work and stuff like Uh, that. You deserve to go first. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's nice to be appreciated for my editing. My editing, where I just edit you out of every episode. <laughs> this is a show. It says Purnell's on it, but it's just Rob. What is the F for? Rock, paper, scissors, oh, firecracker. We've done, we did dynamite where I came from. It was firecracker. It was rock, paper, scissors, scissors. dynamite. Dynamite. Dynamite you could only use one time, <laughs> but you had to choose when to use it. Okay. I'm, I, we've been watching the Cowboy Bebop live action show on Netflix. I'm not, I'm not a, I haven't been enjoying it so much. I got through so much. I'm episode five episodes, and I think I'm probably not going to go back to it. But in the last episode that we watched was so boring. But there's a scene where Spike and Faye are trying to decide to do something with rock, paper, scissors, but she keeps coming up with these crazy names, like Godzilla Vampire or something, something. And she, <laughs> and she keeps like listing them off over and over and over again. Was this in the anime too? No, it was just in the show. And then Spike goes, how about we just do rock, paper, scissors? And she's like, oh, boring. But I like, that sounds like something I would <laughs> it was really cl- It was really clever. It was really, really clever. The, the rest of the episode was just, I thought, incredibly dull. That's a shame. Like I had yeah, a I know. friend, like the wise guy actually, he suggested because yeah. he he was always a huge proponent of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I am too. And he was like, uh, and it's a, it's a known thing in our circle that I've actually never watched Cowboy Bebop, not because of disinterest, just I never made the time. Mm-hmm. It's just like I just did. And he was like, it might be better for you to just watch the live action show before the anime. I think you should. You have no prep. You have nothing coming into it with no preface, no yeah, pretense. Yeah, because you don't you don't know if they're trying really hard, which they are trying really hard. Um, and it shows. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, free on adultswim.com. Curly Kevin does. You can also, if you have Netflix, it's on Netflix right now. Oh, no, man. I mean, I got children in my house. I can't be put uh, on Adult Swim. Adult Swim. I have not seen the show since the early 2000s, maybe. I don't think I've rewatched it in a very long time. People tell me that it holds <laughs> up very well. It, yeah, on the show, I hope so. I hope so. I'm probably going to go back to watch this, the anime. But we're not talking about Bebop anymore. I'm sorry. I got unless unless you have a track for the show that was from the Cowboy Bebop special edition video game. I did the. Is there a Bebop video game? Probably not. Probably not. You know, I'll find that one later. <laughs> I think I think there is. Though. I think there is like one. Maybe it was on the Dreamcast. Never came out in the states. Obviously, my first track is coming from the. It came from the episode 26-4 Buddy Cops with Hammock. I'm I'm pretty sure I picked this one. This is the title screen from the game Puznik for the Amiga computer system composed by Tim Fallen. Yes, we got to start the show with some Fallen jams.
And we're back here listening to uh, the title screen, right? Title screen? You chose it. You yeah, title me. screen. <laughs> title screen. <laughs> From the game Puznik. Oh, for the computer system Amiga. From the composer Tom Tim Fallen. <laughs> Timothy Fallen. Tim Fallen. And this was on our, our uh, episode uh, Buddy Cops with Hammock. And um, I also wanted to pick this one. Every song on this episode was incredible. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the theme just called for it. And then I also, this is like one of my favorite episodes of the year because you and I and Hammock had like this, we did this dumb, the dumb movie, the little movie scripts. They were fantastic movie scripts. Um, oh my gosh. Worthy, worthy of an Oscar. <laughs> Multiple Oscars even. It was, yeah, here we go. It was so good. We, we did um, uh, Purnell and Pucci. Uh, you're in, in, investigating a string of high profile robberies, but he keeps coming up short. That's why Pookie shows up. Yes, right. And then right. we did uh, Unhammocked. Unhammocked, I thought, was pretty good. <laughs> what was the one with the ghost that was haunting the house? Uh, I think it was this one. So leaving leaving the force after accidentally shooting a victim, Hammock, played by Hammock, shuts himself away in a small oceanside town in New England. Now his ghosts are coming back to haunt him and help him solve a series of murders in his new town. <laughs> See, that's what I like. I love that one right there. I think that would be actually a really fun show. I... I Except for the one like I, I, I did for you with Poochie. <laughs> that would be a good show, too. But, but I, the whole movie was Turner and Hooch. But I was doing a jokey thing. Yeah, exactly. Turner Hooch. But this one, I, I, I would actually watch the show. Yeah. And I if it was watch- called Unhammocked, I would watch it. I would binge watch it. I would watch all those shows. <laughs> you tell me. Okay. They're all good shows. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, kicking it off with some sweet, funky Tim Fallon on the Amiga. Oh, and if you're listening to this on headphones or in the car, turn it up. Turn it up. Go back. Rewind it. Go back. Turn it up. Because that, don't, don't tempt me to yell into the microphone. That stereo system is... The stereo <laughs> effect is amazing, and it will sound great in your car. There you go. All right. So what's on yours? What's your number 10? There's no numbers. I know. I know. I know. No numbers. <laughs> um, I feel like I'd be cheating if I picked from SMT5, so we'll see if I come back and just Ooh. say, screw it, I'm putting it on here. But what I will put on here... I don't think it's, it'd be cheating. We would definitely listen to it this year. Or we'll listen to a track this year. I, I listen to that track in my car a lot. <laughs> um, let's go with this one to start. It was a surprise game that came out this year with a track that I ended up liking despite being a bit on the loopy side. This is from the game Smelter, and the track is titled All That Remains, and it was composed by Evader. And I want to play it. This is fantastic. Love this track. <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to All That Remains from the game Smelter, composed by Vader. And this was originally featured on episode 28-4, Our Summer Games, released on June 16th, 2021. Oh, you count with the dates? Oh, every you're making, time. You're making me look. You're every- going to make me look like, ugh. Every time. Got to put the dates on. Gotta, think Rob knows gotta, what he's doing. I don't think he knows what he's doing. We got to timestamp <laughs> these things. Because the whole this is purpose, a good track. Oh, I love this track. I love the OST to this game. And it's interesting because uh, when this game came out, it came. I liked the artwork for it when I saw it previewed on like the eShop or whatever. I lucked into a review code for the game and played a good chunk of it and thought it was a... I honestly thought it was really impressive. The best way to describe it would be to say... This was uh, indie developers' attempt to recreate the magic of ActRaiser, being you know the uh, map, the map work yeah, yeah, style yeah. game where you're trying to like take over from areas of the map and build structures and how carbon you know recruit units to like you know support like do like tower defense type stuff. But then eventually you find locations that you can send the main character into to engage in the 2D platforming scrolling stage. Yeah, and it's really fun. Funny too because this same year we ended up getting the actual release of Act Razor Renaissance, which was a recreation of the original Act Razor. Um, but with that said, it kind of harkens back to something that was mentioned earlier in the chat by what was it by oh by Huaxling, which he said oh what is it Huaxing? How do you pronounce it? Red Hua. Yeah, I'll go with that. Red right. Hua. There we go. I'll keep trying to pronounce the actual name of the group. But um, basically, he said that he's not a big fan of. Rewatching, you know, Western adaptations of Japanese media. Mm-hmm. That for me can kind of spiral into a similar stance where it's like I'm not a big fan of recreations of properties that already do the job well if they don't actually add anything. Yeah, new. like like it didn't it didn't need a remake or it didn't need a retelling. Exactly. Yeah. Like if it added new stages, that kind of thing, it's like cool. We're revisiting it, but we're also giving you more. Mm-hmm. But SNES graphics, for the most part, were fantastic just as they were. It's like people saying, we need a Chrono Trigger remake. Do we really? Uh, Chrono Trigger looks fantastic. Now what I want to see is more D-makes. You know, games that were maybe in 3D, but then like like uh, Control. Mm-hmm. Control, but done in like a 16-bit side-scrolling style would be really cool. Actually, funny you mentioned that, because I will say one type that I would like to see get actually bumped up would be early 3D games. Games that were being created when 3D was still in its infancy yeah. and the models looked like hot garbage today. <laughs> um, I would like to see those games get revisited. Like, okay, here's what they could have looked like if the technology was perfected by this point. Yeah. That I would see getting into. But otherwise, no. And again, another example, and I'll stop rambling about that, That's right. is uh, Sonic Colors is a game that I loved on the Wii. It came out in like 2010. It was the one where I was like, this is what, this is Sonic, no, 3D Sonic finally getting some love, right? So this year, Sega goes and announces Sonic Colors Ultimate. They put the word ultimate in there. Which makes <laughs> you think, okay, they're going to really go in on this. Oh, it's going to be the ultimate. It's going to be the ultimate yeah. version of Sonic Colors. But what do they do? It looks a little prettier now. Now it's in now it's in 60 frames per second, you know. And what do we add? Tails icon. So now he helps you when you fall in a pit. Like, <laughs> that's not, I'm not going to rebuy your game. Because yeah. you gave me tails icons. Oh, also, <laughs> you can give them different colored shoes. Like, they should have added actual more to the game. More stages. More content. Give me more of the game I already love. Don't just be like, it's the same game again, but flashy. <laughs> I'm not I, giving you money for that. No, I did hear that that, read that there's going to be a, an HD remake of Chrono Cross. And honestly, because that game, unless you own it, 
is not available really anywhere else. So I'm looking forward to that, just getting a, a, a clean release. The, the Final Fantasy X mm-hmm. HD remaster, there was, a, aside from a, a rearranged, an arranged soundtrack, which is great, not much else done to it aside from you know cleaning it up, making it in a, a widescreen format, and making it look really pretty and sound really nice. So I'm looking forward to that treatment done to Chrono Cross like a whole lot. Now I was talking to my cousin over Thanksgiving, and he said, "Well, why not Chrono Trigger? Chrono Trigger is, is, is a widely, widely beloved game." And all I can think is, is like, wasn't it kind of perfect already? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could see that in a different format, like how they did like uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake, mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger remake. Remake. That would be cool. Yeah, another version of it. Yeah, but my philosophy different. becomes yeah, yeah. if they were if they did the Chrono Trigger reinvent. I call it the reinvisioning, really. Yeah. If they did that, and people didn't like it. Then my takeaway would be like, well, the original Chrono Trigger still exists, just like I said with Final Fantasy VII. It's still there. Yeah. So you didn't lose anything. You yeah. only gained something more. And I would love to see more people experience Chrono Cross also, because I think it's a great game. I think it's an, obviously an incredible soundtrack, but it's just it's really, really great. It got maligned back when it came out. I know, out. I, I still know. wish that it didn't, because yeah, I love the game. If they just didn't put the word Chrono in front of it, it probably would have gone a lot differently. All right, so my next track, this is my... Um, second track maybe my maybe my number nine i'm kind of in your boat right now sick welcome welcome aboard <laughs> um this is going to be from episode 29-8 not too long ago this was our summer games challenge this is a track you picked oh this is called labyrinth on the sky from wonder boy asha and monster world i know this track. composed by jin watanabe and arranged by kaori nakaka Nak- nakaba i got it the arranger is kaori nakabi We're back. We're listening to Labyrinth on the Sky from Wonder Boy, Asha, and Monster World. This is originally composed by Jin Watanabe and arranged by Kyori Nakabai. And this was from episode 29-8, Our Summer Games Challenge. And I know that this this track was on um, Purnell's Summer Games Challenge list mm-hmm. to complete. And this is, was, it, was this Monster Boy 3 originally? Monster World 4. So it's funny. Oh, Monster World 4. We were literally just talking about remakes of games, too, in the sense of, like, 
with this one, what I'll say is that this game came to me as a review from a Hey Poor Player, and uh, I love Monster World 4 to death. Um, it eventually did get a port in the States, but it was only digitally. It was like the Xbox 360 on like a Monster World collection. Uh, so when this game got announced, I was really excited. It's like, finally, a physical release of an updated Monster World 4. It'll be great. More people get to experience it. But again, I was hoping they'd add more to the game. But instead, they added pretty much nothing. It's just like a graphical update yeah. with some musical remixes, including this oh, fantastic piece so here. So good. Um, so good. So then the question becomes, Pernell, do you feel as though this game didn't need to get made because it didn't change anything? And it goes. there's two sides to the coin. One, the positive end of the spectrum, which I mentioned in my review, is that it still holds up, and it gives people who didn't get a chance to play it before an opportunity to revisit the game. And it's, like I said, it holds up because I've happily played through it. Um, but by that same token, it's like if you've already played through it before in a world where time is limited mm-hmm. and you're always looking for something else to do, is this something you want to engage in again? I was like, you know, I mean, I'm not going to tell someone not to because I clearly didn't have fun, but I just wish they did more with it. Yeah. I like I like the idea of a revision. Give me something new. Yeah, but at the like same I- time, I feel like they, they, they were able to repackage it into something that looked and sounded more modern for an audience that maybe had, had no opportunity to play it before. That is true, because yeah. by, the, by the way you described that, I could see a person that would be like, I wouldn't have played it when it looked like this, yeah. but I would totally play it looking like this. <laughs> now, this this was a uh, this was a Mega Drive game, right? It was originally a Mega Drive. A Mega yes. Drive. So, like, I just, I love that. I, this is in my top 10, because, like, the way this sounds is so interesting, because, like, the original track on the Mega Drive is, is very, like, arabesque. And it's kind of short, but it's really—it's still really—it's one of the best. One of the—I think one of the best soundtracks on the Mega Drive. It sounds really, really good, really, really crisp. But to do it like in this fun, jazzy kind of like three, four, four, five, like time signature is super cool. Right. And um, it's almost kind of Christmassy sounding to me because it's got that uh, Vincent Garaldi kind of peanuts soundtrack. <laughs> I is that, is that the person that he composed the peanuts music? Well, for the for the for the movie, you know, with the uh-huh. do 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 do, yeah. I, I just heard that today, and I heard this, and I'm like, oh, I love that. It's just it's a fun, jazzy piano. Oh, always always, bedroom, you always puts me in a, in a jazzy mood. Well, good night. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Bedroth, for hanging out with us. Um, all right, Pernell, we're on to your, uh, your next track here. All right, so what this next track is in your top ten. I do feel like this one should go on here, too. Like That's what I'm doing. Like as, at basically Raspberry after hibiscus. Pick, that's right. Like After you pick your track, I usually like, okay, i got like, five minutes. i got to come up with a track. And I think this one fits the void because it sounds really good and it deserves love because I'm sure the world isn't giving it much at all. So let's do this. This comes from the game Warborn and the track title is called Luella Augstein Steam A and it was composed by Luke Thomas.
Welcome back. You're listening to Luella Augustine's Theme A from the game Warborn for the Nintendo Switch, though it probably got released on other consoles, composed by Luke Thomas. And we originally featured this track on episode 27-5, that being Pilots and Pilots with Chell Wong, released on April 7th, 2021. Uh, So this track right here is a prime example of why I like getting access to like review codes here and there. Because I would have never even picked this game up. And by not picking it up, I would have never come across this track, which is one of my top ten tracks for the entire friggin' year. This like, is one of the greatest songs. I so I love this song. It the, mm. the melody is fantastic. This is one of those tracks where like if I didn't like the game, which thankfully I did like the game, but if I didn't like the game but I heard this track before I disliked it. I'd probably play through the aspects of it that used it before I'd stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to get to where they play it, so I know where where it's coming from in the game, and I want to know its context. And but like, oh, it's so interesting, and it builds too. I wonder. And it loops, obviously, it loops, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea of what kind of game it is, it's a, uh, it's a tactical war game. Yeah. Where you know, dudes on a map, as they like to call them. Um, but the units are all mechs, like think like Gundam type mechs, mm. and there's different types of them, different ranges of attack, and different weapons they use. But in addition to the normal mechs that go against each other, each of the generals controls a special mech. Think like Xenogears, like a, the actual Xenogears mech. Yeah, yeah. Which includes special perks that only they get. So it's like an element of surprise. It's like, okay, we got these guys doing their thing, but also you got to know exactly when to use your super mech. And not get overwhelmed and also turn the tide of the battle. It's just a gem. And this track is just a peach. It has violin. Good violin. <laughs> it's so good. And it hits you on that way that makes you want to actually play the bow. Like you're I, actually pulling the bow back and forth. I, I can't believe I forgot about this track. It's this is one this is this is this should have been in my this should have been my top three. This definitely should have been in my top three. I hey, I'm not complaining. That just means mm. we both liked it. But it also means that Ooh. more tracks get on the show. Oh, that's so, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, we, we, if, we, if, we, if we doubled up, we would just play them both. I think it'd be fine. Um, all right. So that's number eight. My number eight. I'm sorry. That was, yeah, that was number nine for you. So my number eight. We're going to go back to 26-1. This is yeah, our composer focus on Yasunori Mitsuda. It's interesting we were talking about Tobal number two, because <laughs> this is from Tobal number one. This is uh, the, uh, the name entry. It's called Your Name Is, and it's composed by Yasunori Mitsuda.
Yeah, you're listening to the track titled Your Name Is from the game Toe Ball Number 1, <laughs> composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. This is for the Sony PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this whole soundtrack, I, I can't remember the original composer of the other tracks, but Yasunori Mitsuda only did this one uh, song in, in the game, which was the, the, the character entry. It is so smooth. It is the smoothest track. Hammock approved, it looks like. Oh, it's so nice. Um, actually, a lot of my tracks were either jazzy or smooth. Actually, speaking of which, he's actually leaving at the time I thought about that. Oh, crap. Oh, Hammock, thanks for hanging out with us for as long as you did. We appreciate that. Catch you later, Hammock. I'm Come lo- back on for Buddy Cops too. This time it's personal. <laughs> this time it's Hammockal. Um, <laughs> it's hem. Yeah, it's like hysterical, but Hammockal. Um I'm looking forward to the next KVGM episode on my way to work tomorrow. Actually, you know, that's the name of the episode, by the way. Adventures in the Hammock District. That's on third. Oh, in the Hammock District. In the Hammock Kingdom. <laughs> the Hammock Kingdom. It's like the Magic Kingdom. Um, so, yeah, I, I am really, really into not just like the, the slow, smooth, jazzy style, but like this kind of late 90s, early 2000s, kind of funky with a breakbeat um, uh, jazzy style. I love that guitar. The guitar on here is so smooth. It is super darn smooth. But Purnell, are you ready for your number eight? I am. And just to show you that these are not in any order whatsoever, (laughs) I'm picking a track that could probably easily have gone further up. And it's my first remix of the episode. Oh, I know. I I, I steered clear of bonus round uh, tracks, but you know what? I I think they're fair game. I mean, I, I did play the original on the show, too. I just didn't write down what episode it came from, so... But in this case, what I'll do is at least for this one, I want to... You know what? I could do the original. I could do the We original. could do either or. We could do either or. All right. So... So which, which one did you want to do? I'll do the original then, but I'll, during the break, I'll go back and find where I played it. This comes from the game Omori, and the track is oh. titled World's End Valentine, and I'll tell you who composed it when we come back, because <laughs> I got to go find the episode.
Welcome back. You're listening to World's End Valentine from the game Omori, which is released on the PC. And that was that was considered and played on episode 26-6, Panic Mode, released on February 3rd, 2021, and composed by Pedro Silva. Oof. But nonetheless, the music itself is still good, so I'll take it. Um, so what this is is a track that came from a game that was originally suggested to me through just like as you know, I wouldn't think it was suggested, I just came across this track somewhere just unexpected. And I was like, you know, this sounds pretty interesting. I want to play the game proper and see what it's all about. And I liked it so much that it became one of my four in February games. And I did talk I did knock it out, played it all the way through. And a lot of people say it was inspired a bit by Earthbound. And I can see that with regards to like a lot of enemy designs and even how the characters look on the map and things of that nature. But it has a fairly dark storyline. Like there is not, there's nothing light about this game because even like the light elements have like a dark undertone to them. But nonetheless, if you're okay with the whole like you know potential you know like trigger elements that could come out of the eventual revelations in the game, mm. Mm. it's a fantastic title. Like I love this from the game. And like anything, the only downside I had to it was that the attacks weren't very balanced in a sense. Like, I felt like when I got to the end of the game, I was still using a lot of attacks that I got way back at the beginning of it. So <laughs> it was like, you know, I'm, I'm good with this. I'll just stick with Stab. I don't need to use, like, Red Calamity. I'll just use Stab or whatever the heck. Oh, so, like, you were given... You had all these tools in your RPG tool chest, but you were like, you know what? This, this The normal attack Stab is better than, you know, an Asteroid from... Down one, under. One thing is, well, <laughs> that's a pretty wacky name for what too. No, but it's like, but it's just like different types of attacks. Like they did some cool elements with how combat worked because every character had a different emotional state they could go under. Like you had happy, sad, angry, and I can't remember what the other one was. But anyway, the point is, you had oh, scared. Be scared. Um, but each of those also had like varying degrees of level. So like. When you fight the boss that this track plays on, it's the very first boss where you actually come across someone that goes beyond a normal state. Like she goes from being normal state to happy to manic. Yeah. And when she goes manic, it's like, well, <laughs> I some of these attacks just don't work on her anymore <laughs> because now she's like doesn't she's not phased by them because she's just in a manic state. Um, but it made for an interesting like dance around between like what attack what emotional state you want to be in when dealing with certain bosses. Someone can make you scared, or someone make you angry by like saying offensive things to your characters. Like, oh, now I'm angry. And one character I like, her first attack that she learns mm -hmm. is her best to this day because when she's angry, she yeah. hits you with a baseball bat and just like triple damage. And it's like, well, I'll just keep making her angry. The, the, the angry, whack. the angry baseball bat. Yes, yeah, it was like that. That. that was the only attack for her. I used the whole game. It was like the first thing she learns. It's like, well, there it is. Don't need the other stuff. But. Uh, uh, Red Hua in the chat says, I like how in the real world, if you try to stab someone, the fight ends and you get chastised. Yes! But, but no repercussions. Without spoiling anything, <laughs> there is definitely a point in the real world where, like, the kids get into a fight with some other kids and you see the stab action show up on the game. It's like, you can do this if you want. And the moment you do it, it's like, whoa, man, what are you doing bringing a knife out? It's like, I just have it. And your friend just takes the knife away. It's like, give me that. Give That's me pretty good. That is pretty, pretty good. But honestly, all in all, it's a game that I yeah, wholeheartedly you, recommend. You fell into this one pretty hard. Oh, yeah, yes. I remember when you first started playing it. You were, you were done pretty quickly, but you were like, you, were, you talked about that. That just one. goes to show you how into it I was. Yeah. I marathoned it. So, yeah, if you go back to this episode and, uh, and maybe one or two before it, Pernell, Pernell talks about it quite a bit. Um, 
Okay, so we're on to we're on to number seven. And for number seven, I'm going back to episode 29-8, the Summer Games Challenge. I didn't realize I picked two from the same episode, but it was a great episode. Um, this was one that I chose. It was, the, it was the track Starry Ocean from the game Powered Gear Strategic Variant Armor Equipment. As a lengthy type. That's a mouthful. For the arcade, this is by the Capcom sound team um, Alpha Lila, which is credited as... Or, is Alpha Lila credited as Anache Takapon? I think it's, the name was Anache Takapon, credited as Alpha Lila from the Capcom sound team for the game Powered Gear Strategic Variant Armor Equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Starry Ocean You're from ready. the game Powered Gear Strategic Variant Armor Equipment. <laughs> we're back you're listening to the track starry ocean from the game powered gear also known as armored gear in north america this is for the arcade um composed by the uh, alias anashi Takapon, alpha lila from the capcom sound team from episode 29-8 the summer games challenge where all summer i did nothing but play games from the uh the capcom arcade collection on the playstation 4 <laughs> uh, hey, I, it was your summer time well spent time well spent absolutely um, I have uh, gotten back into Persona Five. I'm, I'm at the very end now. It's amazing in a sense. So, oh. like, we were. At, I think this is amazing. I got to tell the story. So, we were <laughs> it's at been a full year. It's <laughs> well, been a whole year of Rob like stopping at like one really particular part of the game because he just kind of got tired. He got annoyed by it. Like the, for those in the know, it was the rat maze on the arc level of yeah. Persona Five. Yeah. So, Thanksgiving this year, we're at dinner talking. And his brother-in-law brings up... I can't remember why he brought up Persona 5. Maybe he just overheard someone bring something up about it. And I was like, yeah, Rob's in Planet, but don't worry, he won't finish it. Like, very nonchalantly and casually said he won't finish it. I gave up on him finishing this game. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, he's been playing it forever. And he stopped at the... He got past all the annoyances and then stopped playing the game. The opposite of what people usually do. So then, like, a day later, Rob, like, messages me on, like, Facebook. is like, oh... Oh, just beat the guy. Just beat the guy. I'm on my way. I'm about to get the, I'm about to level up. Fight the final boss. Or he thought was the final boss anyway. Like, I'm about to fight him. Yep. I'm like, oh my god, he's he's doing this. Like, on one hand, I'm like, is he doing it because he's like, I'm tired of Pernell talking smack about me not beating this game? Or is he finally <sighs> saying, like, maybe all the pressure I, is worth it. Maybe I this had is some, worth it. I had some through. time. I knew I knew that it was going to be uh, not like a series of bosses in which I would not be able to save in between, and it was going to be hours and hours of, of fun. Hours of fun. Hours of fun. Hours of fun that you can't stop. <laughs> Getting on that roller coaster, and it's just not not slowing down. So I thought, like, I have some time. 
I got, you know, my bread was in the oven and I was cooking for, for, for Thanksgiving part two. And I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll just pop this in. I'll see how far I can get. And I, I enjoyed it. It was great. And then um, I finished the, the last boss of that palace. And I, lo- I was like, I'm just going to go and write it and see how much is really left. It's not much. And really someone, someone actually asked, like, okay, I just finished this palace. How much is really left of this game? I really want to know because I feel like I put a lot of time into it. Someone's like, there's still like 10 to 15 hours. I think that guy's stretching it. And I'm like, really? It, I don't think Because that so. makes me not want to go back. <laughs> it depends. Like, I gave you one warning way back when, and it heavily depends on if you took that warning seriously. Oh, what was the warning? Did you do I don't momentums remember. as you progress through the game? I think I just most mostly... Like not saying do all the quests. I mean, just going into it. Like yeah, go down as far as, as you can. can. I think I I I don't remember the, the last run I did. I may have not. I may have missed one or two areas. So that's the only stipulation. Uh, this isn't a spoiler for anybody. So if I never ran mementos, you'd have to do all of it. I have to do all of it in a row. Yeah, but like, and but, that takes forever. Yeah, that'll take a long time. So you can't just stop. No, you can't, can't. stop. So, okay, got it. Because you have to get to the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And once you get to the bottom, there's a tootsie roll. That's right. But not a, just a tootsie roll, a fruits. Oh, the good come. It's because it's persona. Yes, right. <laughs> it's actually it's actually uh, Satan. I mean, <laughs> Satan tootsie roll. <laughs> it's a Satan tootsie roll because it's persona. Um, all right, so Pernell, we are on to your number seven. All right, Danger Will Robinson. Oh, Danger. I should say that um, I was corrected. Thank you very much, Electric Boogaloo. The the Aneshi Takapan is a alias for the composer who is Akiyuki Iwai. Thank you. All right, I'm going with this one. This is another track that some might hear me pick and go, why in the heck would you pick this track of all things Pernell? And I'm like, well, simple, because it's another example of a game that I got for review, but the track ended up being so good that I would play it in my car for road trips. Ooh. So this track is from the game Spark the Electric Jester 2, and the track title is called The Floria Highway. It is composed by Paul Beathers. Slap this. 
feeling pizza this month. Welcome back. You're listening to The Floria Highway from the game Spark the Electric Jester 2 for PC, composed by Paul Beathers. Oh, wow, Sonic after the sequel. So, yes, that's my guy, Cyan City. Tea time with Ellie. I love that track. Um, this is a great pick. This is yes. a great pick. I, I, I was having a hard time deciding when to uh, <laughs> when to turn it down. This is when it would have officially looped, by the way. So this was. Oh, we were we were right there. Okay, but it's so I'm good. About to push it forward. Oh my gosh. So this comes wow. from episode twenty-five dash ten, obscurities with Chris Taylor, done on December twenty-third, twenty twenty. So, yeah, like Sparky Electric Jester, the original was a fan game created with the intent to be the capture of the soul of what made two D Sonic games great, but with a unique IP. Not infringing on the Sonic line or whatever. Right. It's kind of their own thing. Mm-hmm. And then Spark 2 was designed with the intent being to capture the love that was more of the modern Sonic, as people call it, i.e. the behind-the-back 3D dashing stuff. And this game is totally that. However, <laughs> the trade-off is that uh, a lot of the Sonic, a lot of the ways that Sega was getting around making 3D Sonic more accessible, even though it was still a pain in the butt to control, but they had a lot of on-rails elements. Like, you'd run around a curly Q loop, and the game would put Sonic on a rail just for the purpose of that loop. But in Spark 2, there was no hand-holding. There was no auto-gripping of the road. Oh. So you had to control them through all the spiral loops and the curly Qs and the narrow so walkways just, and everything. you could just, like, fly off You could fly off the loop if you did it incorrectly. Oh. It was a trip. But... It's still really good. Like, I just like the track. I love the game. And despite the frustrations that I have experienced from playing it due to, you know, the aforementioned no rails, it doesn't defeat the fact that I love modern Sonic and I love playing this fan interpretation. And it doesn't hurt that the OST is a gem, including this track, especially this track. I played the level to death. I've done a hundred mile an hour highway driving to this track. Don't tell the cops. And uh, it's yeah, this just, is this is some fast driving music. It really is. Yes, it, it really is. really is. If I had a sports car, I'd have drifted to this track. <laughs> All right, so we're on to number six. Ooh, we're getting into the top five. Now, my number six is coming from the game. Uh, oh, game fans two. back. Um, I'm going NBA Hang Time for the Super Nintendo. Composed by John Hay and Kevin Quinn. This is the main theme. This is from 29-2, 16-bit Seattle. Oh, in Seattle, yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah. You're listening to the main theme from NBA Hang Time. Hang Time. For the Super Nintendo. Hang Time. <laughs> by John Hay and Kevin Quinn. <laughs> this is on uh, <laughs> this channel's Michael Jackson energy. <laughs> yeah, they got a little bit of that, that classic Michael Jackson energy. This is from episode 29-2, 16-bit Seattle. Man, you ain't bad. You ain't nothing. <laughs> from our uh, summer of 16-bit running out of topic ideas. So we do Seattle. Yeah, Seattle was always on the on the docket, I think. Oh, see, yeah, I actually had a track from that episode too. The question is, will I pick it or not? Because it was a, I have a couple of remixes on here, so I, but I feel like I'm only going to use one more because, in the scope of that remix, there's no other version of the track you can get access to. So, ah, taking it. But um, yeah, I mean, clearly, this track has got the funk that it's got so none of the tracks we've listened to. <laughs> but is it super bad? I think so. You think it's super bad? I think I think the um like the guitar the guitar solo's got the funk. But it's that hand clap. It's got it's got super bad. <laughs> I can't hand clap. I hope my phone's like clap my fingers. Well, I was doing. I was kind of pantomiming the, the hand clap in between. <laughs> but I, I love it. That, you, did you? Were you a fan it. of NBA Hang Time at all back in the day? I don't think I played this one. Oh. This this was in, this was in the world of um, of NBA Jam, right? Well, you're asking the wrong guy. You know, I'm not a sports guy. In fact, I would give. Up, I was about to ask you about to say that NBA Jam was the most probably I think the most popular arcade basketball game and that was the only one that I actually ended up playing despite the fact that I typically don't play <laughs> basketball or sports games okay uh wow um yeah it was this was sort of in the in the vein of NBA Jam if, if not a sequel someone's gonna tell me if it was or oh not. I thought you were saying like same universe like an actual sequel like yeah. it's the same thing but yeah um I want to say I did play it a bunch uh, working at the arcade I just played everything like there was there was a week where we did nothing but play virtual tennis, just constant. That's my kind of week. But um, oh, we got really into pinball, and we got really into doing score attack for like some of it was like a one of those touchscreen games. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you had to like move a, a puck, and it was like half poker, half um, like bubble bobble. Really interesting, really difficult to play, and we got really obsessed with like getting the high scores on everything. So if you ever walked into an arcade and you see the same name on all the high scores, you know some kids working there. And it just wants to see his name on every screen, and no one can ever take it down. What a jerk. Yeah, that was us. That was fun. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was us. Yeah, we, that was we us. We were the jerks. We were them jerks. Um, but yeah, NBA hang time for the arcade. This was the SNES version. I want to say the SNES had a different soundtrack, and that was why I chose this track originally, mm-hmm. and why I ended up picking it now. <laughs> <laughs> it got the job done, yeah. right? All right, so uh, we're, we're on to your number six. Six, six. six. Well, Jimmy, I have to tell you. <laughs> my number one, my next track. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> my next track comes from a very specific place in that... Uh, I'm not doing that voice anymore. So <laughs> this voice, this track comes... It could have easily come up in our later episode if we do like a top games that we played this year thing too, but... For the scope of this, it also fits here because this is one of my favorite tracks that we played this year, um, and it comes from also one of my favorite games that have come out this year. But it's a cover because I get luck finding any of the music for the game, and also this cover is a banger of one of my favorite tracks. Mm. This comes from the game Astalon, Tears of the Earth. This is the Subterranean cover, and it was done by Purple Hat Music.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Subterranea cover, or rather, a cover of the Subterranea stage theme from the game Astalon Tears of the Earth, composed, or rather, covered by Purple Hat Music. This was featured on episode 29-10, Purnell Breaks Free, released on October 13th, 2021. And I was glad to break free with this jam, because uh, this was a game that hit me really hard when I first saw it get announced, and I jumped at the chance to play it. Is a very fantastic game for folks who are fond of such games as Legacy of the Wizard, originally released on the NES. Large interconnected labyrinth, multiple characters that can explore it with unique abilities across each, so they can each explore different areas that others can't. Hmm. Uh, the OST is a real peach. Um, another case, one where I'm pretty much going to just buy the OST, but. Obviously, I didn't feature the original tracks on the episode proper, so I had to go with what I did feature, which is this fantastic yeah. cover. This is this is a great cover. It's real, real clean too. I love it when I, uh, all the instruments are, are just well balanced. You mm-hmm. know, like the drums and the and the guitars. It isn't like it isn't a little over heavy. I get that. Oh, it just ended. The, sometimes I'm not saying that a track doesn't. I don't like tracks that are too heavy, but like when they're so heavy that you, don't, you can't hear all the elements, it's just too much doomy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has a cool sound to it. It's just a really cool. Uh, rock sound, which, which all, but also sounds very video gamey too. It maybe something about the sound of this music. And he also does a nice thing here too, where like as you play the game proper, uh, you when you're going through areas, there's like a track that plays, as you heard early when the track started. But there's a campfire that you come across every once in a while that allows you to like save your game. And that's what I'm saying. Like I want to get it now, but like at the time I hadn't played it on the show because the OST wasn't available yet. But I am getting it. I am happy. Ooh, thank you. See, there we go. That goes to show you. Like, at the time, when I put this track on, or rather when I looked for the show for the track, I don't know. Point is, I'm getting this track. Red Hua just shared with us the actual link to the OST availability now. It is called, the original official track is called Arteries, which means that's probably what we'll change it to on the actual show notes later. But... What I want to say is that anybody who hasn't played this title yet in any capacity, do it. You need to get on it. You need to try it out. I mean, it's not even a game where, like, if you find it too difficult or something, which I don't think too many will because they give you a lot of ways to minimize the difficulty eventually. Mm. Um, But it is so worth your time to give this game a solid go. It's fun. It honestly stood out this year for me, like, it's interesting when I have these conversations with people who always because I get a lot of people that will come to me and say, hey, Pernell, what game system should I get? Should I get the Switch? Should I get the PS5? Should I get the Xbox Series X or whatever? And as Arthur mentioned earlier, someone mentioned also, should I get the Steam Deck? And what it comes down to, I'm always like, stop worrying about the specs of these consoles and stop worrying about the newest, hottest releases and just focus on the libraries that are already there, yeah. irregardless of the tech that they use to run. Because most of my favorite games this year, hands down, aren't pushing any envelopes. <laughs> I have a PS5 that barely gets played over the Switch. I mean, like, and that's not a snubbery. That's just me saying, like, I'd rather play Dungeon Encounters than freaking Tales of Arise. Like, it's weird stuff like that. So, this is one of those games where, like, it could run probably on a Tandy. I don't know. I'm making that up. But it, does, it, does, it, does, it doesn't just look old school. It kind of plays more old school too, right? And you can choose, and you can swap between your characters mm-hmm. as you're playing for there's, different abilities. There's hidden characters in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's just a gem mm-hmm. of a game, and it's out. Of, it's like a, it's a game out of a time that just 
I am so glad it came out this year, yeah. and I will stand by it to anybody. It was like, you know, this game would be better if it was done in that 30 bristles. Like, you shut up! <laughs> Don't you dare! All right, we have, we've reached halftime, right? We've, we've done our, we've done our uh, top... Uh, NBA halftime? T- NBA, NBA halftime! Um... I'm, I should cue up the music from Blade, uh, Blades of Steel, you know, <laughs> the halftime music, which is classic, <laughs> classic Konami. But we are down to number five. All right. We're going to our top five tracks. Um, I realized that I had picked uh, 12 for this episode. So two got pushed out. I feel your pain. I'm probably going to read off the honorable mentions yeah. at the end. But yeah, I have like 21. I think I'll have to do the same. Um, so my number five track is from the game Uncharted Waters. This is the game. I'm sorry. This is the song called The Card Master. This is from Tavern Music. This is one of our Patreon episodes. Mm-hmm. And this was composed by Yoko Kano from, from Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy, oh, there yeah. it is. listening to the song The Card Master from the game Uncharted Waters composed by Yoko Kano from the episode 27-6 Tavern Music for Patreon. This was a Patreon episode where we had listeners write in track suggestions. We had a track suggestion for Uncharted Waters. Mm. I forget who, who sent it in, but I will find it and I will I will find you. <laughs> and I will thank you. <laughs> and I will thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, this this had to be in my top ten. It's so 
it's so different from everything else. Not just different, but it's it's not what I would expect from game music, especially. And I really, really like it. It sounds like it's being played in a club, which is making me really happy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to laugh. Marty was actually just randomly pointed out, <laughs> oh my god, a demon that likes omelets. And I actually know who he's talking about. That's the funniest part of all. It's like Ar- like Artivaris or something like that. He's a, like a Drake dragon. He's one of the new dragons from SMT5. Oh, Masami Tensei 5? Yes. The one that you need to play. <laughs> Did you want, did you want the switch for? I, I, which I'll have to take your switch for. Da, da, da. I mean, borrow and return <laughs> without any uh, mustard stains. There's actually even like a side quest where the dragon wants you to go steal an egg from this Drake that will mech you, that will wreck your face if he finds you doing <laughs> This track is really freaking good. Oh, though, I'm Rob. really, I'm, I'm loving, it. I'm loving that smoky, smoky uh, feeling from it. You know? We're not the smoky, put on a filter, get these smokes oh, out of here. Oh, of course, of course. This was this suggested. new age. This was suggested by Hammock. It was a hammock suggestion? This was a hammock, this was a hammock jam. A hammock joint. I was unhammocked. <laughs> <laughs> There's your episode right there. You wrote the first episode right there and there. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Pernell, we're up to year number five. What do we got? All right, so here's where it's going to start getting dicey because as we start running out of slots to fill with tracks, I start to feel a little bit more anxious about what's going to what's going to live and what's going to die. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah, you really got to gotta start making some cuts. Oh, there is happening, and I'm very sad for this. But I am okay with picking this track because this is another... This is the true top five, actually, because now now you're deciding what do I really want to put in this top ten. I guess so that this is, is this true. this is really your top five. Well, the other ones could have been in there if I didn't pick them first, so it's hard to say. <laughs> At the end of the day, I love them all. None of my babies are any worse than the other. <laughs> <laughs> this track comes from the game Get a Grip Chip, Ooh. and the track title is called Eat Hot Chip and Lie, and it is composed by Stimmerman.
Welcome back. You just banged out. <laughs> that was me. To you know, Rob also I did just a lot, banged did, out. Did a lot of desk drumming just <laughs> during that song. <laughs> the, this is a track, Eat Hot Chip and Lie, from the game Get a Grip Chip, composed by Stimmerman and released on, I thought I say released, featured on episode 27-8, Underrated Gems, released on 5-5-2021. So, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Zing. There you go. It's like point. Um, so, <laughs> so this track is featured in a game where you play as a little robot named Chip. He is a happy little manufactured robot where it's doing his life, living his life in a, in a factory. And then one day, the AI that runs the factory goes haywire and just kind of like takes and I guess I don't want to say reprograms all the robots, but pretty much takes all the robots away. And somehow Chip escapes that fate and decides he needs to go around the factory and restore the AI and save his friends. And this is done by him rolling around the floor, jumping and using his magnetic head to grapple across the map, a la Bionic Commando style. And it is... A freaking gym. Well, However, I watched this. Uh, I, w- I remember watching gameplay of this when you played this on the show, and I was obsessed with like how cute it was and how interesting the game was. It's just yeah. it's beautiful, and different levels have different art styles to them too. Mm. Uh, but this particular track plays on a, I guess you could call it like a boss level, where the AI decides it wants to try to kill Chip by releasing you know molten you know, molten lava <laughs> into the factory and is chasing him. So you're running, and the music is playing to the beat of the level as you're running. Mm. So like this track happens when the lava comes from the other side and you have to rise up. You have to go upwards from going left. So it's like the reason why I changed the pitch is like now it's like crap, go up, go up. And then you run down, it's like slide and you jump and then it softens up again as yeah. you start running forward. It's so good and I repeated this level over and over it's to make sure so I got the top national time um, on the game. This whole soundtrack is, is fantastic. I think I, I, I'm on... Um Download the full official soundtrack. And you should really look for it. I think it's on Bandcamp. Uh, we'll have the links on our website, rhythmandpixels.com, as we usually do. Um, Stimmerman, this music is, is like, it sounds much more fully realized with a full band. Um, it's the same music style of really a much older um, uh, tracks from the artist named Absurdist and one of my favorite artists, Maxo. Maxo, who had a track in our uh, top, my, in originally my top 10, got pushed out. So I'll, I'll, I'll name his track. He's, he'll get the honorable mention. He'll get the honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. I love that artist. He's he's just so clever, and he's uh, he writes this jazz music that's all over the place. I really, really love it. Um, all right, my whew, getting to four. Number four. Number four. Number four is Giga Macho from Persona Two. Hey, Eternal Punishment. Who picked that track? Um, this is composed by Toshiko Tasaki, Kenichi Tsuchiya, and Masaki Kurakawa. This is from episode 30-2, Monsters. Monsters! Gigamacho.
You're listening to Giga Macho from Persona 2 Eternal Punishment from the PlayStation, Sony PlayStation, not the PSP version, composed by Toshiko Tasaki and Kenichi Tsuchiya and Masaki Kurokawa. And um, this is on our episode for Monsters 30 2. Monsters. And I love this one. This one was the um, it was the lady in the CD shop, right? Yeah, the, the, the 200 kilometer old hag. Yeah, the old hag who runs real fast. <laughs> <laughs> or Turbo Granny and other uh, versions of the game. But um, I, I remember on that episode going and trying and look, listening to all the different versions of this song. And this one was my favorite out of all of them. It just has all the guitar, has all the drums. It sounds so cool. And you were really particular about which one you wanted to play on the mm-hmm. show. I don't mess around, yeah. man. And I, I get it. This one's awesome. It's got, the, it's got the drums. It's got the guitar. It's got that kind of an interesting organ slash horn situation. There's, there's just something about, like, I know, like, the, the franchise has gone in an interesting direction, like, with the OSTs and the like. And it's a very popular and good direction. No fronting there. But there's just something wonderful about the original one and two OSTs. Like, there's a style there that I don't even see come up in other games, really. Like, it's unique to those. Like, I've played the Seabeck theme for Persona 1 on the show before. I've played Sumaru TV on the show before. And a number of others, I'm sure. And it's just Deadline from the, the boss theme for Persona 1. Like, it's, they all have these, like, great riffs to them. And they seem like they're from a, a point in time that we're not, we can't go back to. Like, yeah. This wouldn't be on a game right now <laughs> at all. Guaranteed. But from the product of his time, it existed, and I am grateful for that. It's so good. Well, it is time. It is time now for your number four. Oh, God, Ooh, this is getting hard. This is getting ugly. Why do I got to choose? A, it, it is a massacre. It is a massacre on these pages. Why must I choose? It is. There's blood all over the pages. <laughs> Black ink blood. I think I'm comfortable with going with this next one oh. because it came in a way that I did not expect it to even exist. Mm-hmm. But when I came, I was like, whoa, this track is solid. And again, played it a lot in Car Rise afterwards. This comes from the game Mega Man The Wily Wars. This is the Wily Tower 2 theme and is composed by Kinuyo Yamashita.
Welcome back. You're listening to... What is that you're listening to again? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh, you're listening to the Wiley Tower 2 theme from the game Mega Man The Wiley Wars, released originally on the Sega Mega Drive, composed by Kinio Yamashita. We featured this on episode 26-8, the Sega channel, released on... Uh, featured on... February 17, 2021, and the reason why I was featured on that episode is because that was the only way in America up until the aforementioned and chat cartridge re-release was available in America. Like, that was the only way you could play right. it. I gotta uh, say, like, that... I, <laughs> if I heard this, I was like, oh, that's right. This is Mega Drive. I know you talked about this game. This had to have been the Sega Channel episode. The Sega Channel episode that we did is full of really interesting um, trivia and knowledge about the original system. Yes, and this game... And you yeah, have a lot of just, you have a lot of history with this thing too. Oh, I yeah, yeah. I love the Sega Channel. That was that was the that was a product that allowed my very poor family. Well, I don't want to say very poor because we actually had food on the table, but we didn't have a ton of excess money to just throw yeah, around. Exactly. Yeah. But the Sega Channel allowed for me to have access to a lot of video games I otherwise would have never had a chance to play, and not just because of you know regional exclusivity like Mega Man: The Wily Wars. Uh, this game was noteworthy because it was a re-release graphically and also fidelically, because like, it moved like a different pacing, weirdly enough, of the first Mega Man, three Mega Man games. And if you had the means to save your file across all three completions, you unlocked the stage known as Wily Tower, where you went through to defeat the Mega Man killers, which were essentially robots designed after, like, I don't know, like... Japanese gods like Son Goku was like Monkey God G or something like that and I can't remember what the other two looked like off the top of my head but I, he was the one that stood out the most it was like you know Buster Raji was his name but he was designed to look like based off of like Son Goku anyway when you went to this dungeon or this tower you could choose weapons from all the previous three Mega Man games so you could have like the Gemini laser the metal blade and the ice slasher if you really wanted to I don't know why you'd do that because Two of those weapons suck, uh, but you could have any hodgepodge of eight weapons you wanted, and it also includes like the accessories, like the one, two, three items or the rush items. Mm. It was a really cool concept. So you could maybe challenge yourself and say, use the the, the dancing top. Yeah, no one was picking top. I guess that would be the challenge. Yeah, yeah, so like, you'd use the top dance for like tops. the entire game. That's right. Was Why it top dancers? Top, top spin. Top spin. Top spin. That's what it was called. There's nothing tops about Much, that. That sounds way cooler than top dance. The sad part is like I feel like in a better programmed game or like I don't want to say better programmed because Mega Man was programmed well but in a more modern version of the game where they could do more with the physics of the moves top spin would probably be really cool but in the scope of Mega Man 3 if you didn't kill the enemy with the first hit you took damage which is why top spin was kind of rough. Uh... But otherwise, conceptually, I thought it was a cool move. Just not very good to execute. Um, I genuinely loved this game. I played it to death. The remixes of all the themes from Mega Man 1 through 3 are generally good, too. Like, they're basically Mega Drive versions of those themes. Yeah. And they're really It's good. like when they did the um, the Ninja Gaiden 1 through 3 on the Super Nintendo. And mm -hmm. they just kind of did arrangements onto the Super Nintendo. And it was really fun to hear it kind of done in a different style mm -hmm. on different hardware. Though I'm curious, like I have to look, go back and so I do remember people being like, they weren't like I've heard a lot of people like, what did they do to this track? What did they do to this track? Yeah, but that's I, just nat that's naturally going to happen. It's it's natural, but I feel like with the Super Nintendo hardware, it's a little. I'm, what, I, what I'm about to say is divisive, but I think that often the sound isn't clear or crisp enough, mm -hmm. and the original tracks really needed that extra punch, the oomph, 
done on the Sega Genesis might have been really awesome, I think. And that might be what it is. Like, it allows you to add more sound channels so you can actually get, like, more energy out of the track. It's, like, less... I don't want to call it generic because, again, like, I love Heat Man. Mm-hmm. I love the Heat Man theme. But it stands... Something about it stands out to be much better to me on the Mega Drive version of it. Like, it just... It pops more. Yeah. All right. So we are on to our top three. Our top three for now. Three, three, three. I don't know about no three. I don't know about no three. <laughs> Um, this is hard for me to choose. I have three top tracks here, and they've got to so they got to fit in order. So number three is from TGIF versus Capcom, Ooh. which is Saturday Night Slam Masters for the arcade. We're gonna listen to the Sydney stage composed by Masaki Izutani, Nobuhiro Uchi, Shion Nishigaki, Toshio Kajino, and Kiyoko Yamada. One of those, or a combination of any of those, composed the Sydney stage from Saturday Night Slam Masters. making some deals here uh you're listening to the sydney stage from saturday night slam masters for the arcade composed by masaki izutani nobuhiro ouchi Sion nishigaki toshio kajino and kyoko yamada this is a capcom jam from the episode 26-9 tgif versus capcom Wham, bam. did we did we put tgif classic sitcom cast members against the characters from Saturday Night Slam Masters. That's exactly what we No, no, no. No, not Saturday Night Slam Masters. Or just in general. In general. Okay. So I was like, you probably... I mean, I'm not sure like what, how you, like, you chose tracks, like what you were going for. Usually when I picked one, though, it was like the character was from the game I picked the track from. So I'm going to assume you chose a Saturday Night Slam Masters character to go against a TGIF character. Maybe. Maybe not, because I don't remember this game too well. But I will say, I would love the idea of... Um, uh, Balky, Bartakamus, and Cousin Larry tag team battle. Cousin Larry. You would need them in a tag team battle. And they would do the Dance of Joy. That would be their finishing move. The Meat Posey and Dance. <laughs> yes. I loved, I loved that episode. That, like, those are the episodes I really like getting into. Like, it's one thing to talk about games. It's another thing to talk about the music. But it's another thing in its own entirety to get weird about it. And like, let's just get stupid and mm. talk about characters beating up other characters from a yeah. different medium entirely it's just fun i love it yeah i mean we, we, we had imagine too we had talked about doing that episode for a long time like probably over over a year at least 
And now we wear just, shirts. It was just a joke. Yeah, now I have the shirt to prove it. It was just a joke between the two of us. Um, Hagar against Balky. I think that's what it was. I don't know how that would... I feel scared about that. <laughs> I feel scared about anybody against Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> he'd have to get... He'd have to give him... He'd have to convince him to calm down with the... Again, with the Miposi and Dance of Joy. That was from a listener, Romancing Sagat, in our uh, chat room right now. Uh, a user of the, of the LMH Legacy Music Hour podcast. I feel like this would be fun to talk about on the open episode proper, so I wanted to bring it up. So, like, Romancing Sagat said, like, I come from a generation where FF4 and FF6 changed my life, as well as FF Legend and Secret of Mana. Hmm. So, that goes ties back to a mention earlier I made about Final Fantasy VII. And what I say to this is, I 100% agree with you. Like, when I was growing up, those were the RPGs that got me into RPGs as a whole. Yeah, yeah. But the reason why I give FF7 the praise that I give it, despite the fact that it's not close to my favorite one in the series, is the fact that I remember what RPG releases were like in America before that game and what they were like after that game. And also, I re- just like how we were talking about how, how we got... How it like changed... It's, the the gaming like landscape yeah like suddenly companies were like RPG JRPGs are right. profitable we can actually release these games that otherwise we weren't going to care about like it prevented more Terra Enigmas and Bahamut Lagoons it gave us more games and there were more than a few people I knew at the time that hated JRPGs even after I was like play Final Fantasy six they were like nah mess with that but then Final Fantasy seven comes along it's like oh it's like a movie. I'll try that. And then they played through that game and then never played a JRPG again. <laughs> but they'll still sing the praises of Final Fantasy VII and, in some cases, went and bought Final Fantasy VII Remake because they were nostalgic for the old game. It's like, it just did a thing that none of the other ones did, despite how much I liked them more. Like, it, it did something amazing. And that's why I got to play games like Valkyrie Profile, because I highly doubt that would have come out here. <laughs> Before Final Fantasy VII did its thing, like it's, it did its thing. Um, all right, so that was my chosen for obviously. I mean, this reasons, <laughs> this track. I, I mean, listen to it. It's this isn't just this is this is this is our Saturday night slam. Oh, it's Sunday. This is Saturday. This is Sunday night slam. Sun- it's the afternoon. Sunday afternoon slam. <laughs> Sunday afternoon slam <laughs> with grapefruit and cantaloupe at the end. All right, for round number three. This is this is this is this is getting important now. Oh <laughs> these yeah, are, these are some important. This is really really tough. Yeah. Let's see. Let me see what can come up next down the pike of track. Cornell's list of love. All right, so I'll go with this one because. It's, it's pretty much, there's a lot of conflict between whether people like these tracks for this or this this OST or not, but I personally like it, so I'm going to play it, and I played a lot of it in my home life too, so this is from the game Ease 9 Monstrum Knox, and this is titled Feel Force, and it is done by the sound team JDK, Falcom, sound team, sound team JDK. I need to go take a nap. We have like a t-shirt that says sound team in the back, Falcom. Falcom!
Welcome back. You're listening to Feel Force from the game Ease 9 Monster Knox, released on pretty much everything, though I think most notably Steam, uh, Switch, and PS4, and composed by the Falcom Sound Team JDK. Uh, mentioned in episode 26-7, Video Game Love Story 2. Oh. Episode released on February 10th, 2021. Uh, uh, so I think we were we were doing that thing where we would I would tell the love part of the story and then you would tell me how it was ruined. Yes, right. The horror <laughs> part of the story. I honestly want you to get. I like doing those. It's like like if you're a lovelorn, then you're on Rob's end of the spectrum. That might that might end not, up. Yeah, this might end up being like a tradition on the show yeah. <laughs> where we just tell like the, the the Valentine's love hate story. Yes, through video games. It's my baby. It's the way to do it. Uh, but this track and the scope of the game is a banger. Like, so there's a weird, like, if you go to like listen, like talk like Falcom Sound Team fans, a lot of people weren't too fond of the OST for Ease Nine. I honestly don't understand why. Personally, I love the OST to, to this game. It's different, I'll say, from some of the earlier games, but it still has that rock element that I love oh so much. And this theme is one that plays well to the battles because I feel like a lot of the boss themes in this game are much more frenetic than some of the other Ease games because in addition to the normal you know, rolling and counter and blocking, mm-hmm. you also get the monster abilities. So you might have a character that needs to like, kind of like fly a bit. So you might have to have a boss battle where the floor drops. You have to hover above, the, you have to hover above spikes. Mm-hmm long enough for the floor to come back up and if you don't then you'll die oh. or you might have a character that has like a weird like hammer smash she's like runs into the guy with like her bullhorns or whatever and like smashes into the legs like it's it's a great game and it also gets weird in the sense that like there's like this weird like dark dimension that you have to fight demons in and it's like a tower defense game oh so there's, there's a lot of different elements to it they changed a lot from like the usual ease formula here which is interesting also there's two adols for some reason <laughs> which is a driving force to play in the game. And I was like, why are there two Adols? Because they don't, they, they don't, they never, they don't meet early on in the game or anything. But just like you just know they exist in the same the same universe. It's like a, it's like a, a, a Sonic in the future. What's that one? Sonic Generation. A Sonic Generation. Yeah, like yeah. Modern Sonic and classic Sonic. Modern Adol. So Adol's there, and he's you know, he presses X to attack, and he jumps, and he's got all these like cool special moves, and you know, other Adols just bumping into him. <laughs> I would play that game. <laughs> so I would play that game. All right, here we go. We're on to our top two tracks, which means Pernell has had to kill 15 off of his list. Um, so Ready they rest in delirium. My number two comes from a guest. This is a guest pick. This is from our episode 27-3, Deep Cuts with Nick Marinelli, which is funny. We actually had um, obscure titles with um, uh, Chris, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor. And deep cuts, obscure titles with Nick Marinelli. <laughs> so kind of the same topic, but I mean, it's, one is a little crunchy. Right? Just using funny terminology. I would rather have music and a topic that our guests are more comfortable with talking about, rather than something completely new that they're going to have to like you know come up with off the top of their head. So this track is called um, Replay. This is the replay music from Virtua Racing Deluxe for the Sega 32X, composed by Naofumi Hataya.
You're listening to the replay music from the game Virtua Racing Deluxe for the Sega 32X, composed by Naofumi Hataya from the episode 27-3 Deep Cuts with our guest Nick Marinelli. Ooh, this, I mean, he came through with the heat on this track. I mean, there is no reason for like three minutes in to have such a jamming keyboard solo. Oh, there's a reason. But you get one. Oh, there's a reason. But you get one. Because we need it. Oh, we man. need it. It's the hero we need. It's so, so good. Um, yeah, the 32X, I think it was in high school when me and my friends started collecting retro games um, that I started to experience more of like Sega CD, um, 32X, and the, um, even the Atari Jaguar, the games from those systems. Um, but I never really saw a whole lot from the 32X aside from what was in magazines and what I saw like on the shelves at a store. So to know that so much was released on it with such amazing music is just news to me, you know? I just need to play more of these games. Like, I'm starting to get into the idea, and I think it's part of it's coming from doing the show and some of the suggestions coming from listeners, too, is I need to start trying to play more classic games again. Like, not necessarily classic games I've already played, but classic games I didn't play. Because um, I've been getting really caught up in the march of new releases, which is both good and bad, really. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, for example, like OutRun, I haven't played... I've only played one version of Outrun, and I haven't played <laughs> that version of Outrun since the nineties. There was a, there was a time I was playing an emulated version through a browser, just trying to get see how far I could get. It's a hard game. It really is. That's a tough game. All those games like that were tough, like that pole position. Any of the games where it's like just run until you run out of time, and you have to keep hitting checkpoints. Like yeah. I always felt like Checkpoint. there was some gameplay style or some gameplay mechanic that I wasn't grasping, mm-hmm. which was always preventing me from making it past a certain point. Because they don't explain it, you're just like go. You're like okay, well, and you're holding gas the whole time too. Yeah, it makes sense. Like when I, like when I got into racing games later on, again when I was working in the arcades, I noticed. In the three three D games, you could you could picture yourself in a three D space, trying to ride like the perfect line around curves or trying to drift around areas to make sure you had the most amount of speed, right? Mm-hmm. But games like Pole Position and Outrun, they weren't three D; they were just two dimensions, like just coming at you. So I never knew, like, am I really shaving time by cutting it close to the corner, or like what, like what's the optimal strategy? So, but it always felt like you were, which is why you kept doing it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But um, I think one of my favorite was it wasn't Sega Rally. It was a Namco, 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 G- Namco GP, Namco. Monaco, Monaco, Monaco GP. Monaco GP. That game had insane drift, like like physics. Like you just turn the wheel like like hard left and just boom, <laughs> you're like sideways, like flying through it. Yeah, Super Monaco GP. And I think actually other- I think that's a. Uh, I think that's a that's a motorcycle game. I might have it confused. It's something GP. And Monaco GP is definitely a like a uh, that's motorcycle, motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. But I will say on another like related but not related note, people who like co-op games should play Monaco. Just the game Monaco. Oh yeah. Like what's your, I think it's called like what's yours is mine. But it is a fantastic co-op game involving like characters going on heists. Oh no! Super Monaco GP was not motorcycles. It was F one. F one cars. We were all wrong. I can never figure it out. I can never figure it out. But anyway, number two, so many good solos in this track. It's such a classic, classic Hataya um, sound. I really, really love it. It's a classic Sega sound. Um, number two for now. Shoot. What's it going to be? Um, okay, time for more blood on the pavement. And then maybe we should do our um, our honorable mentions before the, before the, the final track. Yeah. Okay. The final countdown. Well, in that case, then, 
this last this next track is going to come from the game uh yeah i'll do this one. oh electric boogaloo corrected me super hang on those were the motorcycles super yeah. hang on was a good game that too. was good. good music too so i didn't realize i guess like each sega game sega had like one game for each like a like Various families <laughs> of like vehicles. I don't know. <laughs> it's the yes. Yeah, they had like kind of, but like they all had like so many names. Sega did so many racing games, like motorcycles and cars and, and what have you. It's starting to feel more and more like maybe I, I will get. I, I, it took me everything within me to stop from saying what not. What? What? Yeah, boy. What's it going to be? Number two. Number all right. Two. Okay. 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 I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. <laughs> this is going to be the one. Uh, I'll go with World's End Club Final Battle theme. All right. So I should have wrote down the composer. I was not <laughs> thinking when I did. I get five combined. So we're going to listen to the final battle theme from World's End Club. Pernell's number two. Number two. Uh, Only on of, Rhythm of, and Pixels. Of the two. Welcome back. You're listening to the final battle theme from the game World's End Club. I did not get the composer <laughs> Rob did. Oh, June Fukuda. Thank you, good sir. You got it. Um, this was com- really a re- ah, I need <laughs> food. This was released on episode 29-8 Summer Games Challenge, released on 92921. This episode's come up quite a bit on, on today's show. Well, yeah, because there was, I was attached to a lot of those games from that episode, though, because... It was. I was driven to want to knock out ten games before the end of the summer. Yeah. I don't think I hit ten. I probably came really close. Actually, no, I did get ten games. I did get ten games. That's because of Daddish. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Love Daddish. I think we ended the episode on Daddish. Daddish too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like this game in particular, surprised me because I wasn't a hundred percent engaged in it initially. But there was something about it that drew me in and made me stick with it. Like it was 
goofy innocent in that as you're following the narrative, there are plot points that happen that can only really be appreciated if the cast was done by nothing but children. Because, <laughs> yeah, the stakes were high for these kids, but, I mean, they had moments where they were on bikes singing, like, we're best friends forever songs, and, like, <laughs> part of me is like, this is so freaking stupid. And then the other half was like, I really needed something like this right now. I needed something so, like, pure and innocent that I'm down for this kind of game. Let's do it. Have some kids save the world for once. Um, oh, there's Persona 5. They all no, they're, <laughs> they're angsty teens. These are actual kids, kids. Uh, okay. Like, grade schoolers. A little more innocent. Exactly. Yeah. And it was awesome. Uh, so, this track plays during what is actually not the final battle, which is why I think it's funny that everything I've come across it is called the final battle. Um, but it really does a lot to really get you pumped for what it is. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a simple battle, even, because, again, the game is meant to be played by young people and older people. But... I still felt good. Like, yeah, we're going to beat this boss. We're going to take him out. And all the kids have to work together to beat the boss using all their individual powers one at a time. And it's cool. And this track is... Oh, the OST for this game is great, too. I got to remember to play the freaking Automotive Factory theme on here at some point. It's so good. <laughs> it's this. I know. The, all the music you play from this game has been really, really good. I love the piano in this, too. The piano's really neat. So, yeah, it is. So, I think... Yeah. I feel like you need. Maybe you should try this, even for a second, because one reasonable thing about giving this game a try is that it's not a heavy investment because you don't have to remember a lot of complicated maneuvers. You won't come back and go, "Crap, I forgot how to perform this mechanic." Mm. No, everything's done with one button. Like you can Could, jump, and then there's a button to use your special when you get it. Could I do? Can I play it on the PlayStation? Or got? That I don't Steam? know. It might be have to be on Steam. Steam. I should hook I'll up the check. computer back up to the TV. That- I played through um, a bunch of games that way. All right, we're on to number one. This is it. This is the end. This is the end. Right, we've made it all the way to number one. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we have a Carlos Kung Fu Carlito has back in the mix. He has missed the entire episode. We talked smack. Kung Fu, no, Lito. We talked no. smack about all of his favorite things. No, we didn't. We <laughs> love Kung Fu Carlito. He's my he's my La Mulana bro. La Mulana brothers. Um, so Super number- La Mulana brothers. <laughs> So we're down to number one here, and not down to number one. We're all the way up to number one, because number one on Rhythm and Pixels, <laughs> 2021. Oh. Countdown, countdown, countdown. Number one with the beat. Yeah, it does have beat. This is a serious beat. This is for the Sega Genesis. This is Rolling Thunder 3 main menu music titled Bad Fairy from the artists Rose and Dick Boy. This is from episode 28-9, the summer of 16-bit run and gun games. Run and gun. <laughs> run and gun. Games. games that's right. <laughs> games. <laughs> so here we go. This is uh, the main menu music, Bad Fairy from Rolling Thunder 3 for the Sega Genesis.
You are listening to the track Bad Fairy, which is the menu music from the game Rolling Thunder 3 for the Sega Genesis, composed by Rose and Dick Boy. We played it on episode 28-9 of our Summer of 16-Bit Run-and-Gun Games. Woo! Oh, thank this you very is my much, number Carlito. One. You gave us a good hit. He's like, congrats on six years of podcast enjoyment, and thank you for all your hard work, Rhythm and Pixels, you guys. Thank you very much, Carlos. And he's been around for a minute, too. Like, yeah. good friend to hang out with and just... He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have a Magfest reunion. That would be awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. That's when I first got to meet Carlos real briefly, I think like it's like in passing <laughs> in the hall. Yeah. There's so much to do, so many people to meet. It was almost too exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's so a many. tiring day, but it's a fun day. Yeah. So my top, I mean, it, my top two. It was really between this one and. Um, uh, virtual Racing Deluxe. It was really hard to choose between the two to be my number one. But this ended up taking the cake. Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I just, I love the um, the shuffly beat to this one. And mm-hmm. this 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 bridge section right here is like, I love it. I love it a whole lot. It's very um, secret agent music. Secret agent, man. Yeah. So, which I think it fits, right? Because Rolling Thunder 3 is about the agent, Agent Thunder. Mm-hmm. I don't know, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You got me thinking. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm aloof here, but I'm like, I'm like, so like, is this the right choice? Is this the right call? Do so right you want me? Do you want me to give you a minute to buy you some time? No, I don't need any bonds. I'm, I'm just going to spin my wheel until I have to just jump on it. So uh, I'll, 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 I'll say real quick that my my uh, runner ups. Okay. My I guess my 11s and 12s was the from the game Thunder Dogs. The track was Ice Cold by Maxo. That was from Pilots and Stuff with Mitchell Wong. That was a fun episode. And the other one was from Vert. It was called Altonia Altonius. Oh. A, a oh, I know that one. The, the 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 snowy peaks. Yeah, snowy peaks from a tale of petty revenge, Altanoius or something. And that's like a kind of a kind of a uh, kind of a kind of a. Kind it's of a two D side adult game. Is that right? Well, just the character, the main character is busty, basically. Oh, okay. I, I have it confused with something else. Oh no, 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 no! It's just a two D <laughs> side scroller. But there's <laughs> but some ship be- There's some ship elements too, where you're flying the ship through space. Oh, cool. It's a um, good game. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, Vert was going to fit in there, but like all these other tracks and these really classic Sega tracks, I'm just, they got to get in there. Oh, neat. I'm going to have a long freaking list of like, tracks I didn't pick. <laughs> but, eh, that dims the brakes when everything's good. All right, so what's it going to be, Pernell? We're up to Pernell's last track, number one of 2021. <laughs> or our 2021, I guess it's still. I like this is such, I know we can go out on this track. That's how I'll do it. That's how I'll save the day. All this right. track, we'll go out on this track, but I'm going to pick this track. Oh, okay, all right. okay. So we're oh, we're gonna we're gonna have a. I, all right, I, I wasn't even sure how we were gonna do at the end of the episode. Oh, I gotta cheat the system because I got more tracks than everything. <laughs> so this is actually a cover track. This is from the game Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. Oh, um, this is the cover to the stage two theme done by Super Geek Music.
Welcome back. You're listening to the cover of the Stage 2 theme from the game Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie from the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, composed or rather covered by Super Geek Music, featured on 28-8 Summer of 16-Bit Movie Games, released on June 14, 2021. Uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers games have always had just good, 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 good vibrations and music. <laughs> um, and this is no different. And I... I didn't want to pick, as I said about I wanted to pick Depot originally from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the original game, but it turned out I think I'd already picked Depot from a previous episode. So I went digging, and I came across this gym, and that was all she wrote. What are the tracks that I did not pick, however? Let's just burn through those real quick. There's a couple. So I didn't want to go on the nose and pick Shin Megami Tensei Five dot battle theme, because everybody in this chat and listening to the show knows I love Shin Megami Tensei Five. I'm addicted to it right now. Maybe I'll beat it in 2022. We'll see. Um, episode that was from episode 30-3. Then there was also Dragon Ball Z Ultimate Battle 22 Track 7. Ooh. The Final Fantasy VI Kefka Intense Symphonic Metal Cover by Falcone. That was very good. That was a good one. Cheese Scrater from the game Skitchen come re- cover, or rather covered by Real KCT. Oh, I remember that one too. That was good. Let's see. This track I won't name because we're going out on it. Independence Bay from Incredible Crisis. That's one of my tracks. Yeah, what? Hey. One of your tracks. <laughs> the spirit theme from the game Stretch Panic. The Dimpa Men 3 boss battle Ooh, theme. That was cool. The Wheels of Steel Wheel Gator remix from Mega Man X2. Let's see. Stealth B from the game Mega Man Rock and Roll. Hmm. And last but not least, well, I see there's two. The menu level selecting from Daffy Duck in Hollywood. And this is last but not least. Zonk It by Steel Samurai as a cover. And I guess one more. Back one from the game Duck. Ah. So I had a lot of tracks that I wanted to pick. Can only take 10, but I still got them out. But at least I'm going to be able to go out with this last track and have fun with it. So. We're not going to have a full track list on our website for this episode to be kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the YouTube uh, link that we're going to have for this show, I'm going to have chapters out for each one, maybe the tracks for each one there. Um, but if you want more information about this episode and all of our other episodes, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com and where we have our show notes, our full track listing, and access to all of our episodes. Thanks for joining us on our podcast anniversary. This is our sixth podcast anniversary. Thanks for joining us on this show. We are leaving you with this final track from Pernell because he is just a glutton, a musical glutton. I am. You <laughs> never have enough. Just feed me. Um, this track comes from the game Death Crown, and it is titled Crown, composed by Lai Tin Ng. Um, 
released on episode 27-10 Major Arcana, which we did on May 19th, 2021. Uh, it's this track, as we were joking about, this totally would absolutely fit into uh, Shin Megami Tensei game, I think. Maybe like at the beginning of the conception or something. Oh, or yeah. Walk in the Wastelands. It is dark sounding. I remember, I remember when we first heard this track, and I was like, whoa, that, that bass, that huge, crunchy, distorted bass sound. I really like that sound. It's got a haunting vibe, but it makes me, I feel compelled to like listen to it. Like, it puts me in a trance. <laughs> it's a very good track, and I this is one of those things where like I don't think anyone's ever wanted to really talk about this anywhere else. So I was like, I like to give it all the buzz I can. The, 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 game, the game itself. The def- game and the music. Yeah. So good. Yeah, you've... you've do you know how many games you've played for review this year? Over a hundred, easy, uh, easy, easy. Over a hundred. So that's really cool. Think of it like this: these are these are like these are games that we probably have normally normally would have never come across not as easily mm-hmm. for a show like this. And that's partly that's also why like I genuinely do enjoy doing because like so like I want to play Shin Megami Tensei Five and I want to play Neo. The world is with you, right? So, of course, time is precious. I don't have a ton of it because I'm doing exercises. I'm doing work. I'm doing contract work. I'm hanging out with my friends. And I'm doing reviews. So people will typically say things like, well, why don't you stop doing reviews? Pernell, you could play all the games you want to play instead. And the reason is for things like this. I like getting access to games that if I just saw them on the store normally while I'm thinking about my other games, I would just bypass flat out. Like, I don't have time for this, or it doesn't look appealing to me in the still images they give me. But then I play them, and I'm like, whoa, this is a lot better than I would have expected. And due to the fact that this is a review code, I get to gush about it and explain to people how much more I think, how much I think people should give this a shot. Like, it's worth playing. Mm. So that also comes into the music, because if I'm playing a game that has a stellar OST, and a game that I would have skipped, I'm going to get it on the show because I want to hear how people hear it. Even if they never personally play the game, mm-hmm. they're going to definitely hear the music like this. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think for both of us, we can sometimes listen to music from a game before playing the game or knowing about it, and that'll get our interest going. So mm-hmm. I feel like this is a way for you to kind of get like showcase these games and indirectly. And you want to hear yeah. this, this statement that is like, it's like, speak, it's like speaking to the choir here. Romancing Saga, well, Romancing Sagat asks, you guys like shoegaze or dream pop? You know the answer to that. <laughs> Those are my top genres of music. Yeah, yeah. Right next to um, Clowncore and uh, <laughs> Cuddlecore. 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 Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, you love that stuff. Shoegaze is, is your is your thing. Yeah, that's right. If you're not listening to music from Falcom, you're listening to shoegaze music. Talk about night and friggin' day, right? My Bloody Valentine or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Their anniversary, their first album anniversary is like a month, not even a month ago. Uh, they've, they've been around for longer than a year. No, their first album anniversary, though, like many years ago. Yeah, okay. How many years ago? I want to say it was like 88. Wow. 88 years. No, oh God! I know, 1988. I know. <laughs> I'm just being stupid. Um, anyway, we want to thank everyone for listening to the show, and we want to say um, a huge, huge thank you to everyone who's downloaded, who's who's commented, sent us emails, people who have um, supported us through Patreon or bought T-shirts, any of that stuff. Um, it's mean. It's it's meant so much to us this year, especially this year and last year. They've been um, really difficult years for myself, um, uh, just emotionally. And so this 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 podcast has been really um, important uh, work uh, emotionally <laughs> for me to do. I don't know if it comes across through the show. Probably doesn't. But um, I'm not big on sharing. So 
but yeah, that's, this has been really important to me. I hope it's been good for everyone listening to the show. We have, we have no plans on stopping. I agree. And I'm in the um, same boat as Rob in that regard. Like it's, it, it well, it's, it's just weird how like you could be having a great week or a terrible week. You could be busy or not busy. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, when people like to say things like, well, you, if you want to do something, you'll make time for it. You'll make it happen. Yeah. This podcast is that for me and that I will shift things around to do it because it's a thing that it's an experience that I enjoy. And it's, it's hanging out with Rob. It's talking about music and it's talking to everybody here. It's like being able to just be like, hey, guys, what are you playing? Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, what are you doing? Hey, what are you eating for dinner? It doesn't even <laughs> freaking matter. And yet, yeah. some people might also say things like, and I'm going to put this out there because it makes sense to be said. Like, you know, if you get a lot of people listening and a lot of people talking, you might get folks saying, well, clearly you're not interested in these people because you can't even keep up with everybody that's trying to talk back to you or whatever. And the answer to that is, that's bullcrap. Yeah, you might not be able to keep up with everybody on the letter. That does not mean you don't care. And that's why I always stand by the belief, like, if you want to talk about something, if you want to have an ear, if you need somebody to talk to, we're here. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. You yeah. might not get an instant reply or whatever, but yeah. and not, not it's not just talking to the like the community and hanging out with you too. It's also like the process of of putting the show together with collecting the music, listening to the music, um, and then editing the whole thing down and making sure it sounds like super nice. Let it simmer. Yeah, and like okay, okay, like everything's edited really tightly so that people listening don't get bored. Um, I love all of the little th- so that when I release it. I get like this. I get this little endorphin hit of, wow! I, I put together something, and, I, and it's completed. You know, the little package. I got the music. I got the artwork. I, I, I promoted it everywhere I can. But like, it just it feels really, really. You have a good. six-year catalog. It's a lot that you've created. <laughs> it's a, yeah. I have a, I have a, I have a big, a big uh, collection of my voice and your voice on my hard drive. Just and imagine on our cloud drive and all that other stuff. Pressed onto vinyl. <laughs> Time for a vintage. 2019, 2019 rhythm and pixels piece. <laughs> the, crackling. Pop I'm never going back to listen to like 2017, <laughs> 20, or 2016. Best. I still say you got to put that Mega Man episode out. Oh, um, it's, that, that is out there for our Patreon listeners. Oh, yeah, it's been it's, that was that was one of the early uh, exclusives. Is our our number zero, our episode zero, or even as a joke, maybe just um, revisit. We can even redo the episode. Like, hey, new tracks, obviously. But <laughs> try to like redo the episode. Like, we're talking about Mega Man. I like when he goes pew 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 with the gun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even. I yeah. I don't <laughs> we remember. Had no format. No format. Nothing. Um, I put it to the needle. Uh, so. Um, yeah, if you like the show, if you want to say hi to us, if you want to send us a track suggestion, a topic suggestion, if, if you know um, a remix band or um, a remix artist, or if you are doing remixes yourself, we would love to hear that music. We'd love to hear all of that. The best way to do that is to send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, we read all of our emails. We try to respond to all of our emails. Um, so we both have access to it i'm pretty sure so that's something that we just we both really keep up on mm-hmm. um, and if you want a, a full track listing from all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes because our feed only goes back 150 um, go to the website rhythmandpixels.com um, that's the best place to get all of that um, goodness all of that data about our show and access to all of our shows is to go right there um, and finally we're on twitter and instagram and facebook as rhythm and pixels we're you post random stuff or um, yeah, when shows are coming out and when live stuff is what we're doing, like special events, all of that's posted there. All of our artworks on our Instagram, which um, I like to look on our Instagram and see like a giant wall of artwork, a weird 
Purnell's face plastered on like random images. I gotta point this out. This is the stuff. very first time someone finally said it. I've been waiting, waiting for someone to say it. It is hilarious. But damn, Hotmail, you guys still got one. Yeah, I don't know. I think I need to eventually. If if I change it, if I change it at this no, point, no, it still works. I can't change it. It's on every episode. No, now. you just use it. It's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And also, it's like hot. It's basically Outlook, but it kept the old tag. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, but I because I still have a Hotmail too. Yeah, but I mean, mine's live. Dot com, which is essentially hot, Hotmail, or, or it's all Microsoft. Is that also too? Yeah, it's all Microsoft. Except I got that when I got my Xbox Live account. I made it for Xbox Live, and it's my most professional sounding email address. <laughs> it's because it's my full name. Um, yeah, Hotmail is classic, but. Uh, I still have my first email I, I could, ever got I could, on Hotmail. I could use our domain and make it like, you know, send us a feedback at Rhythm, but I'm just not going to do that. No, 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 no. I like, I just, yeah, I, I, I always, like, I, my comment was because of the fact that, like, I agree that it's really old. It is old. So, I, But I was waiting for someone to literally say, holy crap, you guys got a Hotmail account. Well, we, I was like putting the show together in the very beginning, 2015, and I thought, this is it. This is Hotmail. Hotmail is like what everyone's using, right? That's what all the <laughs> cool kids are doing. Um, so yeah, uh, you can all if you want to support the show, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com/merch, and we have uh, cool uh, video game uh, music related T-shirts. We also have podcast joke related T-shirts like Lobster Racing, mm-hmm. or you can get um, an SNK Sound Team T-shirt. You can get a Falcom Sound Team T-shirt. You can get all of that. Oh my gosh, Electric Boogaloo coming EB's in. EB's got effect. trivia on top of trivia. Ah, and I've never known that. Hotmail, because it's HTML in the name. HTML mail. Thank you. I never you. knew that. I, it, it makes sense though, right? Yeah, all I knew was, hey, I'm tired of this AOL stuff. I need an I need <laughs> yeah, email address outside of AOL. Right, I'm going to finish plugging the show. Finish plugging the show. <laughs> Rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. We have... Um, hoodies. We have T-shirts. We have long sleeve tees. I, I wear them all, all, all the time. I wear them to work. People are tired of seeing them. I don't care. Uh, run, VG, run VGM is my favorite one. You gotta check that out. If you want to support us in other ways, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/RhythmAndPixels. You get access to uh, prequel episodes. You get access to um, additional exclusive content at all levels. You get access to a monthly live streamed episode like this one. Um, of course, much shorter. Of us recording a live episode. This may be our longest episode. I think it might. No, actually, it's not. Really? <laughs> our longest stream, though. And then um, you also get access to, uh, you can get cool merch stuff like stickers. You can get mugs. You can get T-shirts. Um, and at the end of every episode, we'd like to thank all of our members only at the highest levels. We'd like to thank Ulf um, Person, Frankly Zappa, Mike Myers, uh, Kristen, Vashon8060, Steve Miller, um, ah, AV Alex, the messenger, back in the mix, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219, Christopher Shenstrom, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast from Well Over the Pond, uh, Michael Jennings, Rage Cage, Reinhardt Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, and uh, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. Embassy. And Camille. So thank you all so, so much for your continued support of our show. It's much appreciated. Believe it. Whew. On top of believe it. I think last year we asked our, um, our, our, our listeners for their top, their top picks of the year. But I think it's a little too soon to do that. For next week. So I think next week we're just going to do doorknobs. <laughs> but that would be tough for <laughs> your listeners to do. No, we could. <laughs> what we could do 
if we put it out there soon enough, we could just do the live stream episode a week late or something, or do that for December. But they're tops of the year, though. Yeah, let's just try it anyway. Let's see what people think. Top. top. I, th- I think it's too soon. I think it's. I think it's too. Well, it'll be, be too soon, soon for next week. No, for no doubt. Oh, but yeah, but for the uh, so oh, like December for December. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. I like that. It'll be either that or yeah. the presents, like a track you want to give to someone Ooh, else. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that. The gift, the gift, gift, gift giving. This is like our Thanksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. We're giving thanks to everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone. You kind of spoiled the end, remember? But we could do that. No, you're, you're all there for it. Thanks for listening to the show, Rhythm and Pixels. <laughs> My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Prudell. Thank you for listening and have a safe week. And remember, sometimes we kind of find ourselves in these predicaments where we are living and doing our day-to-day and you kind of find yourself in this position of feeling like it's all me or nothing like no it's all i've got is me it's hard to say but essentially no one's helping out it's just you doing your thing but sometimes also because it's a bit of a nihilistic world that we come from and it makes it hard to sometimes kick back and just feel like you know realize you know there are people looking out for you you just might not notice them because you're kind of caught up in your own sphere you know And those are the people you should always try to take a step back, sit down, take a deep breath, and be thankful for the fact that those people in your life doing what they do to support you. Even if it's just like an arm on your shoulder every once in a while, it's like, hey, it's going to be okay. You'll ride if your car breaks down. You know, any number of things. Even if it's something you'll never have to call out for, but you know it's there if you need it. Be thankful for the good people in your life and the people that you can share a kind word with. Because you'd be surprised. There are people out there who don't have it. Sleep under a bridge. They can't even go to someone's house to have a nap. Um, It's hard out here. So be thankful for those in your life that care about you. Be thankful for those in your life that you yourself care about. And we are thankful for you listening to our show every week. It is appreciated. It may not come across sometimes because we're just rambling on the air. But trust and believe is 100%. Thank you. Thanks for being awesome people. And keep being awesome to each other.